Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. Our guest today is Danny Bowman. Danny is an autism self advocate, animator, illustrator, teacher, and public speaker from California. Danny founded her company, Danimation Entertainment, at age 11 and has worked professionally in the animation industry since age 14. Her company has produced nine award winning animated shorts, a PSA for Autism Society of America and a music video which premiered at San Diego Comic-Con. Danimation Entertainment has also illustrated six children's books and numerous commercial works. Danny teaches animation to teens and young adults with autism and other disabilities at summer camps around the world, in person and online. As part of her advocacy work, Danny speaks at autism and neurodiversity conferences about inclusion in the workforce. She has been a keynote speaker at events such as OcalaCon in Columbus, Ohio, the Oklahoma Statewide Autism Conference, Temple Grandin and Friends in Los Angeles, California, and the Alaska Autism Resource Center Speaker Series, among others. In today's conversation, we discuss how autism affects Danny's everyday life, what she loves about her autism, some of the ways in which she feels misunderstood, what inspires her as an animator, Danny Academy workshops and camps, the skills needed to succeed as an animator, and advice for other autistics entering the animation industry. In this episode, discover what's possible when inclusion is animated. To learn more about Danny and her work, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you, Danny Bowman. Hi, Danny. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Thank you for being here today. It's my pleasure. Could you please briefly introduce yourself? I am Danny Bowman, founder and chief executive officer of Mation Entertainment, an animation company that I started when I was 14 years old, and I also happen to be on the autism spectrum. I have a BFA in animation and an MBA in global strategy and leadership. And I am pursuing to get my PhD that focuses on positive developmental psychology, focusing on autism. Wonderful. So before we get into your animation, let's talk about your autism. When were you diagnosed? You could say I was diagnosed like around um, five or six. My mom's the one who notices my autism like quirks and traits. That is around the time when I was being put to a when I was five years old, going to um, preschool. Okay. Did you understand your autism at that point, or did you find out about it later on? I found out that I have autism when I was 11 years old, at the time when my sister and I moved in with my aunt and uncle. My mom 
had to work full time and my dad was not helping to take care of us. So my aunt and uncle decided to take care of both my sister and I since my aunt was not working at the time and can help full time with our special needs. When my aunt told me that I have autism, it was really scary at first. I didn't know what autism was. I didn't understand why I had to be so different. Do I have to find a cure or something like that? But she says, no, it's just a different way of thinking. It's just a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. How does autism affect your everyday life now? Well, I am not so sure how to answer that. I was born this way, so I don't know any different. I have two different types of um, quirks, which are verbal apraxia and face blindness. With verbal apraxia, I had a hard time articulating my words. And with my face blindness, it's hard for me to recognize faces. I guess you could say I had a hard time understanding social cues. I do have triggers. Certain things like sounds hurt my ears, like loud piercing noises. Like when I go to amusement parks where people are screaming in the rides and babies crying. I have to really focus on my organizational skills that is the hardest one for me. When I was younger, I used to have more triggers. Well, not more triggers. I've just learned how to control my triggers. For example, I would remove myself from the situation that I'm not comfortable with. I guess you could say I learned how to blend in or mask really well, but it's exhausting. Mm. Yeah, masking. This became a vocabulary term for people on the autism spectrum if they're just trying to fit into society. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you mask or that you were masking before? What I do is I control my autism like quirks, like, um, for example, not talking to myself. People would look at me like, what? What is she saying? I would also have to give them eye contact and smile. All these are the examples of um, masking, mm -hmm. making sure that I don't show my autism-like traits. I see, when sometimes you just don't feel like smiling. Yeah, but, some, but I'd like to smile sometimes. Okay, got it. So what do you love about your autism? What I love about my autism is the ability to hyper-focus on the important tasks and my love for animation. I also love traveling. Trying new things like unique cuisines or staying at unique hotels. It's pretty funny that uh, most people with autism would be stable and don't want to try any of them. They don't want to try anything new. It's pretty much the opposite for me. Hmm. So you like challenges and new experiences? Yes, I do. That's what I find so much fun when I travel to different places. It's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Are there any ways you feel misunderstood about your autism? There are plenty of times I felt misunderstood. For example, sometimes if people don't know me, they think I don't care because I don't return phone calls fast enough. Really, I prefer texting, and sometimes people think I am not listening. I listen and understand way more than people realize, especially when I was going to university. My professors sometimes thought I wasn't paying attention, but I was. I always get good grades, magna cum laude with my BFA and summa cum laude with my MBA. So yeah, I do pay attention. <laughs> what do you wish the world knew about autism? Well, 
I wish the world is more tolerant about our quirks. Be more accepting, less judgmental, and give us a chance to see what we can do. We might surprise you. Yeah. So let's talk about your work. Oh, right. What was your first inspiration for doing animation? Oh, right. My first inspiration for doing animation was the creator of Pokemon, Satoshi Tariji. When I was about five or six years old, I was in love with Pikachu from Pokemon. I used to pretend to be Ash Ketchum and would always carry around my Pikachu plush with me. While finding out that I have autism, I found out the creator of Pokemon, Satoshi Tariji, also has autism, and he started his company, Game Freak, when he was 17 years old. So I set out to beat his record of being 17 years old when he started a company. That was also when I realized that being different wasn't so scary at all. It's just a different way of thinking, and I can use my different way of thinking. You see, we all need role models, and Tariji was the first role model and inspiration. So by age 14, with the help of my aunt and uncle, I officially launched Danimation Entertainment, an animation studio that I hope would be a major animation studio someday, like Disney or Warner Brothers. It was formerly called Parlay Animation Studios at that time. So yeah, I am a bit competitive. <laughs> so when you're creating an animation project, what's your favorite part? Like what kind of fuels the passion for you? My favorite part is seeing all the animation coming to life from concept to completion. When you see an animation being done, you're seeing the story being brought to life. You see, in every animation production, there are four stages. First, you have development, which consists of premise and outline of story. You have somebody who can do, who's pitching the story and development and getting the ideas. You have from pre-production, which means you have people that write scripts, storyboards, and voice acting, and visual development. You have production, which consists of doing an animatic and doing animation. And then post-production, where you have all the editing and the music music and sounds and audio mixing. My favorite part is seeing how it's brought to life, seeing how it works from concept to completion. Where do you get some of your ideas for the stories? Sometimes I get inspirations for my stories from my real life experiences and other times from my clients or from my friends. And other times I get uh, prompts. For example, the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge gives us prompts to create a five minute mockumentary. And one of the prompts is what is your biggest discovery when you're creating? What is something that you have discovered? So my team and I that consists of 12 team members, nine of which who are on the autism spectrum and also who are my students. We created a five-minute short mockumentary about working at the home office. It's called The Home Office, The Making of Cartoon HQ, which won for Best Editing for the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge, won for Best Editor out of 94 films, which is amazing. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have some students, and that is one of the things that you do at Danimation, right? It's called Danny Academy. Yes, Danny Academy. Mm -hmm. And you have workshops and even a camp. Tell us about that. So how did the Danny Academy workshops and camps begin? I first started teaching animation when I was 16 years old with Joey Travolta of Inclusion Films, 
a film workshop that works on elevating people with disabilities in the film industry. I was first introduced to Joey Travolta by a mutual friend of my uncle when I was about 15 years old. He was so impressed of what I was doing with my animation that he asked me to come teach animation at his workshops in Burbank and Bakersfield. A year later, when I was 16, he invited me to teach animation at his summer film camps around the country, and that is when it all started. Soon after, at age 17 in 2012, I branched out on my own to teach in other locations like Ocali in Columbus, Ohio, and in 2014, Animation Gets Real at the University of South Florida with Arts World Florida in Tampa. Then, in 2017, Arts for All Florida expanded to its location to Miami, Florida. And in 2019, so far since 2019, Animation Gets Real expanded into three locations for three weeks, which is one week in Tampa, one week in Miami Gardens, and one week in Cutler Bay, Florida. Plus the same year, we branched out for two more camps, one in my hometown in Montrose, California, and at University of Plymouth in Devon, England, UK. Originally, in 2020, we were scheduled to teach at over 11 camps around the country and the UK until the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Mm. We had to cancel seven out of 11 camps. For the remaining four camps, I quickly pivoted to online. Okay. What have you learned from having to transition everything to digital? Okay. When the pandemic happened, it was scary at first because I was not sure how I was going to continue with the camps. However, I was in my last semester of my MBA program, and I was doing hybrid classes, half online, half in person. And I knew that doing classes online was pretty easy. So I applied my hybrid classes to my animation classes, and it worked because my students can join my class with just a few clicks of a button. Another positive about teaching animation online is that I found my students understand the lessons more than in person because I can work more closely with each one. For now, I don't have to worry about traveling to teach my summer camps since all my animation camps have gone virtual. Unlike the camps in person, students not only find it easier to take classes, it gives students extra time to work on their animation projects outside of class. This summer, I am doing virtual again. I have three one-week summer boot camps, and they are all sold out except for the June 7th to the 11th. So if anybody is interested in taking animation and music summer camps, please contact me right away because space is very limited. I am also doing another summer camp on July 12th to the 16th. This will be an animation and voice acting session. And again, space is limited. All right. Well, we'll be sure to put some links in our show notes so that people can sign up and check out your website. Mm -hmm. What do you enjoy most about teaching? What I enjoy most about teaching is seeing a whole diversity of students' creativity coming to life as they bring their animation to life from concept to completion. 
If we see a student work that is exceptional and beyond what we expect, we invite them into animation opportunities like contests, like I've mentioned, the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. We involve our students in many projects, including film challenges, and the intention is to teach them how to work in teams and meet deadlines. I also try to include my students in commercial projects of which they do get paid depending on the project. Danimation's mission is to help students get ready to turn their passion of animation into a career that sustains them as adults. The key mission for Danimation is to educate and elevate people of all abilities, including autism, into the animation industry. So other than being a good animator, what other skills are necessary to succeed in this industry? In order to succeed in the animation industry, not only it's about developing your unique art skills, it requires the following keyword characteristics, which are good organization, it takes good time management, which means focusing on deadlines, how to finish on deadlines, it takes dedication, and it takes perseverance, which means learning from your failures and don't give in. Team management, learn how to invite the right people on the bus and get the wrong people off the bus. And most importantly, the passion of animation. You must have a special niche and focus on that. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Even professionals still need help from others. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe your niche and your style? As you could see in my latest art pieces, I get different inspirations from different art styles from anime and manga, but I've even branched out and get inspiration from many different famous animation artists, such as Samane Chomet, who did the triplets of Belleville and um, The Illusionist. I get inspirations from artists like Lauren Faust, Craig McCracken, Jamie Hewitt, Darren Ekfee from Star vs. the Force of Evil, and even Rebecca Sugar from Steven Universe. These, just to name a few inspirations out there. Got it. I could tell you're so passionate about animation. Thank you. What are some of your big career goals? So first, I dreamed of creating an animation company like Disney or Warner Brothers. However, like I mentioned earlier about autism and employment, I shift my focus to creating an animation social enterprise to help educate and elevate my autism community into the animation industry. Though I still have many more mountains to climb, I just keep on going. I never stop. It's a lifelong journey. What do you think would help other autistic people when transitioning into the workforce? My advice for people in the autism spectrum who are entering the workforce, you just have to focus on your niche and, and your strengths that you are good at. If you cannot find work, create your own job. There's many ways to do that. You can put a little ad on Craigslist as an animator for hire. That's how I got started. Don't wait for a company to hire you, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Nobody does it alone, not even me. Right. I think like people who aren't afraid to ask for help will end up getting farther in life because as a society, we're actually all very interdependent anyway. No one's ever really fully doing things on their own. It is true. So, Danny, I want to switch topics. You said that you were entering into a PhD program. So you're moving to Washington, D.C. this fall. Is that correct? Yeah, but 
Unfortunately, I didn't make it as a finalist. I am grateful and honored that I made it as a semi-finalist for the Halcyon Incubator Program, a program based in Washington, D.C. that focuses on helping social entrepreneurs become successful within their social enterprise. As a semi-finalist, I was one of the 18 out of 400 that applied, so I am pleased to have made it that so far. I guess I'll have to try it again next year. Yeah. Can you repeat again what you studied? You got a degree in, was it animation? Yes, it's a BFA in animation. In other words, a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in animation. Okay. And I also have a MBA, which is a Master's of Business Administration, focusing on global strategy and leadership. Let me just explain to why my BFA and my MBA's purposes. My BFA in animation is because I have a passion in animation and my MBA in global strategy and leadership because I need to know how to run my own animation company, know how to properly run my animation company, my, my social enterprise, and my PhD in positive developmental psychology focusing on autism. Well, with all three degrees, this applies to my company and its mission to help educate and elevate my autism community into the animation industry. In, my, in the special case with my PhD, just because I have autism does not automatically qualify me to work with the autism community. So that is why I am currently pursuing my PhD in positive developmental psychology, focusing on autism. So I'll never be questioned. Okay, so the thing in Washington, D.C., is not the PhD program. It's something separate? Yes, it's completely separate. Okay, I understand now. So how much longer do you have of your PhD program? For my PhD program, I'm just um, right now taking a, a one-year break. For me, I was accepted to Claremont Graduate University. I accepted that offer, but I'm also applying to other um, universities like the University of Pepperdine or at USC for my PhD in positive developmental psychology. I'm trying to find a path where I'm not required to take another master's, but focuses on psychology. So when I applied to Claremont, they said in my acceptance letter that I needed to get a master's of psychology first before I get my PhD. And they'll give me that in one year. Oh, okay. Great. From a very young age, we on the autism spectrum are overlooked due to our challenges in communication, social, and life skills. We help people with autism rise above the status quo by encouraging them to build upon their unique strengths and capabilities to build self-confidence, work skills, independent living, and employability. Danny Mation works to educate and elevate people with autism through our animation programs. Great. What do you think would help autistic people? when transitioning into adulthood? When they're transitioning to adulthood, when they're attending college or universities, it's always good to look at into autism services and programs to help them get through college success. And remember, like I said, don't be afraid to ask for help because um, we are anyways, like you said, interdependent people. We are interdependent society. We help each other. And don't be afraid to ask for help. What were some special accommodations that you had in school that really helped you? When I was attending Woodbury University, there's 
Woodbury University has a really good um, disabilities program where they gave me extra time for tests. They allow me to record lectures. And when I need to get extra homework help, they also, Woodbury University, would, they do provide um, peer mentoring. They do provide peer mentoring, which means they do peer mentoring on writing and on math programs, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, Danny, I'd like to close with one last question. What advice would you give to other autistic animators, specifically some who are very young, like at the early ages when you started animation? My advice to my fellow animators with autism, just focus on your niche and your strengths that you're good at. If you cannot find work, create your own job. There are many ways to do that. You could put a little ad on Craigslist as an animator for hire. That's how I got started. But please don't wait a company to hire you. And like I said, never, ever be afraid to ask for help. Nobody does it alone, not only me. And it's always good to get out there. You are never too young to start your animation career. I was 14 years old when I started Danimation Entertainment at that time. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Sorry, there's another follow-up question. What would you say to autistic animators who might be feeling stuck? creatively. If you have what it's called an art block, get some inspiration from what you love. You can use your life experience as a as a way for your inspiration. You could I've always find ways to get my art blocks out of the way by uh, looking up new places and researching. I've always researched all the time to discover something new. And when I discover something new, I put them as part of my ideas, my animation ideas. Do you have a pretty strict schedule when you're working on a project so that you can meet deadlines? I do have a very strict schedule when it comes to meeting deadlines. So what I do is I avoid a lot of distractions because when you're working in an animation studio or work with an animation team, you don't want any distractions or anything to sidetrack you from work. You just have to concentrate. That's what I do. I have to concentrate when I have deadlines. Focus, focus, focus. That's all I have to do to be strict with myself. Discipline is very important. Mm-hmm. Got it. Do you have any tips for how to stay focused? In order to stay focused, one most important tip is you just really have to limit yourself from distractions. Like say, say no to yourself, like no internet surfing unless you want to get inspirations for if you just want to do a quick peek, but not for anything else. It's okay to have breaks once in a while, but you just have to set a timer to when to have a break and when not to have a break. Yeah, those are great tips. All right, Danny, how can people learn more about you? If anybody would like to learn more information about me, they can go to my website at www.dannymationentertainment.com. Or you can follow Dannymation on their Dannymation Entertainment Facebook page. You can also find me on Instagram under Dini Bowman One or on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Or you could research just my name, Dini Bowman, on Google. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and all of your advice for other animators. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of the show. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. When Danny was diagnosed with autism at age three, doctors said she wouldn't amount to much. 
Through hard work and supportive family, Danny has proven those doctors wrong. Her advice to not be afraid to ask for help can be applied to anyone in any situation. Whether you're a student attending university, a fresh graduate entering the workforce, or an employee collaborating with a team, requesting accommodations and guidance when you need it will help you achieve your goals. If you're autistic, what are some situations in which you ask for help? You can connect with other people going through experiences similar to yours, as well as find support and resources in our global autism community. Just a reminder, our online community is open to anyone related to autism. Self-advocates, family members, and professionals in the field can participate in these important conversations on our platform. Sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. Let's work together to transform how the world relates to autism. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at autismknowsnoborders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.